The Chicago White Sox may be looking for a new home very soon. The Chicago Bulls killed the dinosaur in Toronto. The Chicago Bears are continuing to interview coordinators and we'll have our divisional preview with our girl, Miss Christine, the Queen America. That and much more at Second City Sports. Hashtag Football Friday's edition starts right now. Welcome to another fun field hashtag football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Mr. Kim McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You follow my Kim McGee on the Twitter X. I can't again the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our podcast. We are at War Media Podcast. That's W A R R Media P O D C A S T S. We are on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at W A R R Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite sports opinions during our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always find us at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. We can get them up on the screen for you. But if you try to troll, it'll do something silly, dumb, or stupid. I'm again, Lakina, full powers to give you fools to be a lamb, be a boot. Toodles. But before we begin, we must remind you, you can catch Sports Zone Chicago live in the living color right now on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate the squad and give it the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on that sports folder and download that Sports Zone Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku television, but you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Android, your Chromebook, or your PC, just hit up the Google Play Store, download that Roku TV app, and access Sports Zone Chicago through that app. So, no more excuses. Celebrate the squad and get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know, we will provide. And yes, we will provide you with this uh, somewhat not too cold <laughs> Friday since then the teaser. Of course, we're going to excuse me, we're going to preview the divisional round. Some great games coming up with our girl Christine Macker for KXRB. Also, too, some new names, uh, maybe even emerging front runner for the Bears' new OC position. And and uh, look, the, the, the Bulls get a nice win up in Toronto and the rest of the NBA. And uh, you know, Cole Hawk is you know bringing a big from uh, for Illinois, but for and the rest of college hoops. But first, this news came out a couple of days ago, and I, I guess you could say that this is probably something that um, I'm a little bit skeptical about this, but uh, the White Sox, 
Forbes magazine some and uh, uh, also reporting that uh, that the the White Stars could move to the South Loop and then set on the 78th, which is for those who don't know where that is, it's a little bit like right up north and uh, around um, you know the, the areas and some of the other uh, matchups and whatnot. Now some. I kind of been skeptical about this because I've been hearing about this for like the last like six or seven years that they could probably perhaps because there is land in that area. Mm-hmm. But I, I I feel like this is just a way to kind of like I don't know if they're gonna move to Nashville as some you know outlets have said, but at the same time I'm a little skeptical about this here. Now they still got they still got about five years left on the, the uh, over at G rate. So but I guess they I guess you know Jerry Ryerson wants to kind of feel out other possibilities as much as he can, I guess. Yeah, as you said, this is exploring uh, Jerry Reinstorf and his uh, ownership group are exploring their options, and rightfully so. As I said before, and I'll say it again, do not believe that Nashville crap. I know the playbook. We talked about it when that Nashville stuff came out a few months ago, Lakina, about him um, threatening the White Sox to move uh, to another city in another state. Remember, he did that same thing in 1989, folks. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the former Governor Thompson uh, passed that passed that bill at the midnight hour for the White Sox to uh, get the, their, at that time, the new sandwich they're playing in right now. Let, let's be real real here, Lakina. Like you said, he's exploring all, all his options. Number one, Ryan Stuff does not, I repeat, does not have to pay a dime on that stadium unless two million more fans draw uh, into, into Sox Park. And he had to do that the last time a couple of years ago. Outside of that, he doesn't have to pay a dime if the tennis is lower than $2 million per year. Number two, the White Sox have uh, made re- renovations to that ballpark over the last several years. It's actually been great. The ballpark is not deteriorating like Wrigley Field was about a decade ago before the Ricketts family took over. So the, I know I might sound biased when I say this, but I love going to that ballpark selfishly. You know, from where I live, I just hop on the train and take it to the game, which I, I still do now. And so it's at a centralized location for a lot of fans, especially in, in the South Loop downtown area, in the South Side, in the South Suburbs like I am. You can take the train, whether it's a Metro or the CTA, to get to the game, which is fine. And also to you can tailgate there as well. The only thing about this new, quote, unquote, uh, uh, alleged new stadium, Lakina, a couple mm-hmm. of things. One, will the Rhinestar ownership group indoor the sponsors, will they have to pay the majority of this? Or were the, were the taxpayers, i.e. the citizens of the Chicago, still had to pay for it? Because remember, they still go out to pay the bill on the Soldier Field uh, when, when the Bears leave, whenever they get their um, new stadium together, whether it's Arlington Heights or somewhere else. Number two, fans like yours truly like to tailgate at USLA Field. That's one of the best things about attending Sox games. It's a, you know, traffic, especially around downtown, is a mess to begin with on a normal day. How many, how many parking lots are you going to have there, if you're going to have any at all? Or is it just going to be the South Loop version of Wrigley Field? Because, you know, you cannot park on the north side, and especially right. get to Wrigley. So uh, those only two issues I have for the new stadium, of the, uh, the proposed new stadium. I saw some of the pictures that were sent to me over the last couple of days uh, that were taken down. Uh, taken down, but it looks nice. You know, the the outfield is going to show the city skyline, just like you see in Pittsburgh and Detroit and other places. And now the White Sox follow the model of the PNC ballpark in Pittsburgh, or like the one in Detroit, uh, Comerica Park, which I had the privilege of going some years ago, which is next to Ford Field in downtown mm-hmm. Detroit. If the Sox can copy th- those models, uh, that location is just perfect. The thing is, is that I've heard people say that you're, you're kind of like face, you're not like 
you kind of, you know, well, the Dan Ryan's life, I guess, well, like a little bit further, it's like to the West. So you may not mm-hmm. be trying to get out of there, you know, after a game, that might be a bit of a kind of a, like an obstacle course, I guess, for some folks, if you can catch the car, the, the, the train and the, and the, uh, and the buses are not too far there. You're right there in that, that South Roosevelt mm-hmm. road area. So it is easier, a little bit easier to get to, you know, through, you know, through that Avenue and the CTA and the transport and that transportation, but the, the, the positioning of it, yeah, that might be a little bit much. So I don't know. I mean, I guess, it, it, it's like I said, I've been hearing about this. You know, I, I'm with our buddy Sean Davis, who's also a big White Sox fan. I've been hearing about this for like the last like five or six years, or seven years. This particular uh, area, there, there's a big area in that you know that they could put the the new Sox park there in that area. But it, it kind of you know the, the positioning of it's a little bit a bit wonky. So I I'm a little bit skeptical of this. But again. It's it's all kind of like you know I guess he I guess you know Ryan Sir wants to kind of feel up all his avenues and and uh, you know explore all his options but I kind of feel like this this part here is a little bit you know like you said I mean I know Detroit they have you know like I said they'll, it, it's very similar to, to you know their 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 stadium for the Tigers mm-hmm. but yeah it, it just like feels like it's going to be a little bit congested but again I guess what happens if you want to try to build a, a new stadium whatever it is inside you know the main area of your city. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition right here on SportsZone Chicago. Sid Lakina hanging out here with you. Talking about the Chicago White Sox and their potential a new home in the South Loop when their lease is up at Sox Park on 35th Shields in 2029. Lakina, here's another thing about that potential location. I know you have the railroad tracks there, but you, mm-hmm. you have to build around it. And build around it. You have to has some other infrastructures as as well if this plan should go through. But let's just say how, hypothetically if this happens, you, we talked about the transportation, talking about driving down there. I know some folks that come from Rockford from the western and parts of the northern suburbs is on a normal day is, is hectic getting down there. Uh, and, I, and I feel them for them. I know conveniently for me, you know, like I say, I just take the train, the metro train, and I can get down there with no problem. But like you said, you think it's a problem getting to 35th from those two locations I just mentioned. Imagine driving downtown to get to to, to get to it. Like I said, this is something they, they're going to have to um, figure out. But public transportation is perfect. It's perfect. You have three CTA lines to get you there to the game downtown. You have two metro lines, the Union Station line and the Rock Island line, which I take to get to downtown. Of course, there's a stop on that Rock Island line at 35th. So let's just say they have that new stadium right there. You can see the stadium right at the LaSalle Street Station, which is the last stop downtown. So public transportation is just perfect. You cannot complain about that. Also, too, Lakina, you're going to attract uh, tourism dollars. That's going to be big and booming. It's already big and booming already, but it's going to boom even more. You can put more restaurants around that ballpark, inside that ballpark, around that downtown area. And I don't know if they're going to build like a hotel-like the, the Ricketts family uh, did uh, near Wrigley Field, but you don't have to drive that far or walk that far to, to that potential new ballpark. Business is going to be boom, booming with restaurants and bars and things of that nature. I think business-wise, from the tourism to at least the public transportation, this is just perfect. It's just screaming capitalism all the way. Oh, no, look, I'm, like, I'm always pro, pro capitalism. I mean, look, I'm, I am a capitalist at heart. So, yeah, I mean, look, whatever helps <laughs> the city. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so you know, and I think whatever else the city you know, and the booming, especially the but that that area is booming anyway in the South Loop. You know, they've they've you know, built all types of you know hotels and other restaurants and such. So 
that part of the loop is like, yeah, they if you get the White Sox there, I think that would only that could only help it even more. I'm sure there are a lot of White Sox fans in that area. But I think mm-hmm. also too at the same time, I think of the you know like you said the convenience of it. Yeah, it, it, it's great. But but you know like I said, if you're taking the, the you know the car you know, and then the expressways and stuff like that, that that's gonna probably be a problem for some of those folks. But yeah, I mean they're 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 probably the, the more pro, a lot more pros and cons for this. But at the same time, though, I'm thinking is this just a way of kind of like you know trying to. I guess I would be surprised they stay over at G rate or maybe I don't think they're going to go to Nashville either, but I'm just thinking that maybe, you know, he wants to say, you know, I guess your riser wants to try to explore all options. Cause I know a lot of people don't want to go to Bridgeport, especially after, after a certain time in some areas, but uh, mm-hmm. I think this will definitely be help. It'll help in that department, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if again, should this happen? I mean, look, we got a lot has to go through. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to figure out how it's going to get paid and you know, everything else. And, Who's gonna like lease it and whatnot? Who's gonna own this particular? Will it be the Rhinosaurs? Will it be the city? So yeah, that's that's a lot of the red tape is gonna have to figure out. That's probably why, like I said, I mean I've been hearing this about this particular area for years. So that's why there's a reason why nothing has been greenlit for mm-hmm. that just yet. Yeah, and also another point before we break for the bottom of the hour, a couple of things. Will Rhinosaur be? Uh, and his group will be, will they own the White Sox in the next five or six years? That's another element in this too. And number two, Lakina, if you were a citizen of Chicago, would you want to pay for it? Or do you want the Ryan Store Group and the whoever is the corporate sponsors uh, they should they link up with because they're gonna have the their name on the same? You would you want them to pay for it? I would want them to pay for it, not not the citizens of Chicago. Yeah, that's like I said, that's gonna be the thing that's really gonna like I said, that that's gonna be like the number one question. That's a million dollar question, both literally and figuratively. Are people, you know, are you gonna get folks to be you able know, to pay for it? I mean, I doubt the city is gonna want to pay for it. I doubt the, you know, the people in the city is gonna want to pay for it. The te- no, I don't think that's gonna happen. So yeah, that's a whole lot. So they're gonna have to figure out. So uh, should this come to fruition? Which, I mean, I give it a shot, but I don't think I don't think that's gonna. I think them saying that Jerry is probably gonna be the leader in the clubhouse for me. But again, we'll see. Uh, all right, and we'll take a really quick break. And then, of course, we'll talk some NBA and the Bulls. Bulls get a nice bounce back win in Toronto and the rest of the NBA. And maybe we'll speak a little bit of college hoops, too, if we got time. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago. We'll go to the go to the hardwood coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. 
And alcohol, at your age, can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy? I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition. We're live in the Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow Yoshi on the Twitter, X, and the IG SIDK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow my Kingdom again on the Twitter, IG. We have less than 90 minutes left at this extravaganza. We call it a sports talk radio show. If you have any questions, comments, or hot opinions in the world of sports, you can always find us at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. We can we get them up on the screen for you. Yes, we will. And uh, okay, so the, yeah, we're going to do it a little round ball here. Let's talk about some NBA, of course. The Bulls last night, y'all got a nice win. 116-110 uh, over the Raptors up north. Oh, but no, uh, kick on the floor. Everybody kill the dinosaur. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, I pay royalties for that one. So that was more less. That was more than five sec. That was just to do the five second mark. But uh, edit this, this out. Yeah, yeah. Demar Derozan had twenty one points. Uh, Kobe White uh, with twenty three. Uh, Vooch had twenty four and fourteen boards. Zach Levine uh, hurt his ankle early on um, in the second half. So he, you know, we'll see if you know that that's going to be a lingering thing. We'll see about that. Uh, P. Will in his uh, first came back after just a couple games, uh, 12 points, including two from three from the three. So, uh, yeah, a very, a very good showing for the Bulls. They go to 20 and 23. 
um, after losing through the last four prior. So really, I know it's been a very emotional uh, week for uh, Raptors head coach uh, Darko Ryagovich. So uh, well, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, but but this, you know, the Bulls, a really nice win. I mean, look, was it the prettiest? No, but look, you know, the NBA is not about style points as long as you win. <laughs> Well, if you're talking about style points, both teams play sloppy basketball, turning it over a bunch of times in the first four or five minutes of the game. But the Bulls turned it up and turned it on for that first quarter into the second quarter. Lakina, did you know that the Bulls' 24 points in the paint were the most in any most quarter season. quarter by a Bulls team all season? Yep, most all season. I saw that. <laughs> I couldn't believe I when I read that stat watching it. I'm like, Okay, but you know <laughs> yeah. the second, but the second quarter, the, as usual, the the Toronto Raptors responded with a run in that second half. Uh, the Bulls got back to what they did uh, did best in the first half was driving the ball into the paint. But did you check out the uh, audio version for Bill, Billy Donovan? They had mic'd up for sound last night, and he gave a, a uh, he gave a, a passionate speech during one of the huddles right before halftime. You know, get physical, get tough because. How Toronto got back in the game. Scotty Barnes and crew and um, Brian Boucher, um, they were driving and dunking like it was in uh, one basketball game. Let's yeah. be honest here, Lakina. And what have we been talking about? One of the Achilles heels of this Bulls team over the last two or three years interior defense, just letting guys go up the middle without challenging the shot. It, uh, it, it was embarrassing, especially in that second quarter. But uh, the Bulls turned it around that second half. Like you said, despite Zach Levine uh, re-entering that ankle stepping on another player's foot from the Raptors. But Kobe White kicked it into high gear. DeMar DeRosa was uh, Debo, uh, D, D role as he always is. Nikolai Vucevic, Lakina, as we've been pleading these, these last couple of years, when he has to match up in the post, give him the damn basketball. He was doing some operation last night in the paint. Yeah, probably the best he's looked all oh, looked at since he's come back from injury. So uh, yeah, he's yes. definitely seen, we're finally seeing the old Vooch, which is which is uh, great to see if you're a Bulls fan and a real like I said, a really good show and a good all around team win for the Bulls. So uh, like I said, not the not the prettiest yeah, at the end of the first half, but they definitely turned it on in the second mm -hmm. half and they were able to kind of ward off the uh, I guess the TNT Bulls are back. I guess I know Barkley wasn't very happy with having the Bulls game on, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but uh, here's the thing. No, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, here's a couple of the notes from the Bulls game last night. As I always say, between 25 and 35 team assists, the Bulls usually win the majority of the time. They had 30 assists as a team last night. The ball was moving excellent last night, so you could, couldn't complain uh, right there. And also, too, in, in the rebounding department, they had 42 for the game. They, outside that second quarter, they were banging the boards. Toronto, they were missing their shots, especially in that second half. The Bulls... I'll rebound, uh, uh, I'll rebound the Raptors by four for the entire entire mm -hmm. game. But they're aggressively uh, rebounding the basketball, even though Andre Drummond didn't play it last night. Uh, but the Bulls' offensive sequences with them passing the ball and their uh, shot selection, is particularly getting into the paint, it was excellent last night. Yeah, really good. We'll see if can keep it up tomorrow as they host Memphis at the UC. Uh, now we can go to last night's games. Uh, Indiana with a nice win against Sacramento, 126-121. I saw a little bit of this game. Uh, you know, Benedict Mathurin had uh, 25. Nice balance scoring there for the Pacers, holding off the Kings. It was kind of back and forth for a little bit. But, uh, you know, even, you know, despite, uh, you know, Kevin Herter's 31, which is a career high, it just wasn't enough for the Kings. 
Yeah, the Pacers are waiting for Pascal Siakam to make his debut with the team. Maybe he'll come tonight as they take on Portland. We'll see about that. But like you say, Lakina, with the horses they had available last night, they outblasted the Kings. I know the Kings made trying to make make a game make a game of it late, but you know Tyrese Halliburton, who's an All Star this year. I know the game All Star games in Indianapolis will take place next month, but he's been having a nice season. You still have Miles Tur- Turner there. You got. Buddy Hill shooting, uh, shooting the ball from the outside. And so the Pacers have a nice roster. Now with Siakam, <laughs> they go score some more points. The only thing I'm worried about, Lakina, is can they, as a team, can they play some sort of defense? And yeah, you know, Rick Carlisle is known for defense. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be the thing, especially when they, if, it gets, if they are able to kind of be in that top six. Yeah, that's going to mm-hmm. be the thing here. Minnesota, um, you know, no trouble with Memphis, 118-103. Mr. Anthony Edwards had 28 points uh, for the for the T-Wolves. They're, start, they're still hanging on to that number one seed in the, in the West right now. Shai Gilligas Alexander had the 31 points as the Thunder you know, halted the Jazz's little roll that they were going on, um, you know, 134-129. Uh, the Knicks, you know, pulled, you know, held off uh, – the Wizards, uh, uh, 113-109, 41 points for Mr. Jalen Brunson. It was a season high for him. Uh, we'll get to some of these games in a second. Uh, well, you know what? Let, let's do the Wednesday's games first. Let's talk about that Brooklyn uh, Blazers game. Apparently, I guess DeAndre Aiden couldn't get to the get to the, the arena. you know talk about yeah i guess uh yeah i I guess uh not playing during the icy conditions because apparently apparently he lives all the way like in the the, like the the tip of the uh where of the the suburbs and then portland i guess he's on a hill so i guess they couldn't get to him he couldn't get there portland you know i guess they knew because portland edged out the the uh the nets 105 103 jeremy grant had 30 points a season high uh yeah but that whole thing with with uh with aiden was a little bit weird to say the least yeah they couldn't get an uber or uh, uh call a tow truck to act as, as an a uber I know, or something right. <laughs> like good lord like it could that was the uh, well i don't know that, that whole thing was very odd. that whole thing was very odd like they couldn't they couldn't get wait was it that? Was it that? I know. I know. Was kind of have in a lot of parts of the country, especially in the Pacific Northwest. But they couldn't mm-hmm. get like they could. Like, they could get a helicopter. They couldn't get like something that somebody to get to. Oh, whatever. Some kind of escort. I'm talking about police escort, not the other kind. But no, not but that police kind of escort issue. or something. take the Oh yeah, that well, well, well. You know, look, Portland is not the Nets, so I guess that's the important thing if you're uh, Chauncey Pullups and the Blazers because you needed that. Um, the Lakers got a nice big win over the Mouse, one twenty-seven, one ten, and DeAndre Russell showed up. Yay! Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Twenty-nine points for uh, Mr. Russell, and, and, and look, we've been—I I know we make fun, but we've been saying this you know, for the last. If we could get, if the Lakers could get that DeAndre Russell every game, they probably wouldn't be where they are right now. They're now back at five hundred as we're recording this. Uh, AD kicked in with 26. LeBron was a little bit distracted by his son's uh, game. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, he had 25 points. But, yeah, a, re- a really nice win for the Lakers against the Mavs. And also to stop yanking Austin Rivers in and out of the starting lineup, I'm just saying. But as we talked about before, Lakina, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are, are having amazing seasons. I know they missed a, total, a combined total, I believe, five games. So they've been there for most of the season in terms of health. But it's, it's the other guys, as you mentioned, with Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell in particular. And, and 
Gabe Vincent, I don't know if he's going to return uh, this season. I know he's been hampered by various injuries all year long, but it's going to be the other guys that are going to have to step in and step up. Torian Prince, Jared Vanderbilt, Christian Wood, if he ever uh, decides to uh, get in shape. So it's all it's all about the supporting cast for the Lakers because, like you said, right now the, the middle of that Western Conference is packed. And I, was, I don't know about you. I was watching the NBA Today on ESPN. I believe it was yesterday, the last couple of days. But I believe yesterday they brought up this – Trade proposal. I want to get your thoughts on it. Deontay Murray, of course, the former San Antonio Spur, he's now playing with the Atlanta Hawks. This is the second season with him and Trey Young pairing up together. There is great scoring duo, but the rest of the Hawks team we we know is trash. But uh, the trade deadline is about three weeks away, if my math is correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, three weeks away from today or uh, Thursday from uh, from that th- February February eighth, I believe. So that's a Thursday, I believe. I'll check up on that. But regardless, uh, rumor has it that the Lakers are looking at a possible trade, according to ESPN, of, for uh, for them to acquire Deontay Murray's services. It, it sounds nice on paper, but I don't know that's going to solve all their problems. That Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the, the Lakers have anything you know, that Atlanta will want. I mean, I think if you're if you're Atlanta, is that even worth you know trading? You know, because the, the Lakers really don't have much to get unless you think know, they give you twenty twenty nine first round pick, maybe. <laughs> maybe I, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you're if you're Atlanta, do you want to you know try to pull that off? But I don't know. But I mean, they need somebody to help out, you know, to help out LeBron and AD. So that's going to be mm-hmm. the thing. And we've heard Zach's name, but he can't stay healthy. It looks like and. I guess they're you know they're you know, exploring others other names like Murray, but it'll be interesting to see if they do that. But like I guess I don't know if you're Atlanta, you probably is it worth it? I mean, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, I mean, it sounds good on paper, but it's just I don't know if they can make it pull it off. But uh, they'll have to do a third team, so we'll see what happens uh, there. I know Golden State has had a, a trying week. They uh, their their game against Utah was postponed after. Uh, uh, Dejan Mijovic, who was their longtime assistant, was there for a lot of those uh, four championships. Passed away suddenly at a team dinner. I know there. I know they were supposed to play tonight too, but that that game's been postponed as well. I, I think if you're, I know if you're the NBA, you try to accommodate them as much as they can because for what for what they for what it sounded, it sounded like it was very traumatic. I mean, he, you know, there were a lot of guys who were there when he passed. When the you know, it ended up being a sadly ended up being a massive heart attack. So our thoughts are first go out to his family. Yes. Um. And uh, yeah, just give. I would say like I I know I know Coach Kerr and the and the game and the guy. I I I know they they know they have to make these games up. You know, I know their their game against Dallas was postponed as well. But they got they need some time. They need some time just to you know like you know kind of grieve and stuff. So I'm hoping the NBA accommodates them. Which I think they will. I think it's the right thing to do with all parties involved. You know, Lakina, we, we cover these athletes. We talk about the games and, uh, and the athletes. And they spend more time together working than they do with their own family. So you do mm-hmm. become uh, sort of that's your second family, sometimes even your main family because you're around each other so much. And so you understand the Warriors' concerns and their in their I don't know what the what the words I'm looking for, but you you gonna stand their situation, their concerns, of course. And they are a family, so uh, one person is down. You had to pick up uh, other people had to pick each other up. So, uh, the, the, I believe that uh, Commissioner Adam Seven and League would do the right thing here. Yes, they'll eventually have to get back to work and and um, uh, carry on. I know I'm sure the rest of the season will be dedicated uh, to him, but 
I'm not going to sit here and say, Lakina, that this quote-unquote, and I don't uh, trust me, I do not want to be insensitive when I say this here, but maybe, just maybe, with the, with the with the untimely death of this assistant coach, maybe it'll change some things about the whole team with Steph and Clay and Draymond, and maybe they'll start playing better. I don't know, but uh, but we'll see what happens. But I know they got to get through the stage first. Yeah, I know that uh, Coach um, uh, Decky, as they called him, Dejan uh, Mijovic, uh, Coach Decky, as they called him, I know that uh, he had the task of you know trying to keep uh, Draymond in check. I know that I know it was an easy task for him. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, I mean that was a like I said, I know I know KD posted something really nice about him as well. He was there uh, when uh, when KD was there. So yeah, mm-hmm. our thoughts are first got to his family and the Warriors family. Uh, just a, a terrible uh, tragedy. Now back to the games. Uh, the Raptors, uh, interestingly, uh, note here, uh, Rajo- Coach Rajovich, who is the coach of the Raptors, they actually, the, they played together, him and Coach Decky, they played together, they coached together in the Serbian national team, and they dedicated the opening play, uh, to them in their game against Miami. They beat Miami pretty handily. Uh, Gary Trent had 28 points, uh, 127. Uh, the Hornets, uh, beat the Hornets, the Hornets beat, uh, no, not the Hornets, the Hornets lost to the Pelicans, my bad. Uh, Brandon Ingram had 26 points there. Uh, the next beat the uh, the Rockets, uh, the Cavs. Uh, no trouble with Milwaukee. I don't think Giannis played, so it's, it's kind of it's kind of hard to kind of make this deal. You know, with the Cavs kind of pretty, you know, beat the Bucks pretty handily. Yeah, patch your stats <laughs> if you're the Cavaliers. I know they've been struggling with injuries on and off throughout the season, including Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. But looks like they're starting to turn around, uh, turning around here a bit. Big win against Milwaukee, even though they're still. <clears throat> Even without Giannis, is still considered one of the top teams in the league. Of course, you saw what they did to the Bulls the other night. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know they did blow that big lead. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, the Bulls actually had their shots, but you know, I guess Donovan made Donovan Mitchell made some uh, big shots late. That's why the you know, the Bulls weren't able to pull off their the comeback here. There was just short. Uh, uh, Boston, no trouble with the Spurs. Uh, Atlanta just edged out the Magic and uh, the T Wolves. Uh, uh, pulled away from the Pistons. Uh, going into going into Tuesday's games, uh, I saw this game on TNT. This is part of the doubleheader. Uh, the Clippers and OKC. It looks like the Clippers. Like I'm not gonna seriously say the Clippers are the favorites to win the the West, but they're getting better. And look, you know, as long as everybody stays healthy, they can definitely you know challenge uh, the T Wolves for that one seed and then the Nuggets too. Yeah, Paul George had a big game on Tuesday. Actually, it was an entertaining game to watch. We talked mm-hmm. about Oklahoma City. They're, uh, I think they're this year's Sacramento Kings. You saw what the Kings mm-hmm. did last year, surprising everyone. Coming out of nowhere, uh, being the, the fourth seed in the Western Conference. Actually, Oklahoma City this year, I believe they're number two this year with a, a 27-13 and 13 record now. But – the, the Clippers, as we mentioned, they guys they got to stay healthy. Paul George got to be the man. Kawhi Leonard, who signed that fresh cash contract extension last week, he has to stay healthy. James Harden, he's comfortable in his role. We'll see how long that lasts, i.e. come playoff time. And, of course, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook is coming off the bench. So Ty Lue has the perfect situation on paper. We'll just see how, how well uh, will it work out. Will they add another veteran at the trade deadline? Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, the guys stay healthy. Well, that's going to be uh, the key. Uh, the Suns uh, edged out uh, the Kings 119 117. And this is despite, and, and this actually is despite, you know, Devin Booker not having his best game. He had, he only had 18 points. It was actually Grayson Allen that led the way uh, for the Suns with 29. You know, Katie right behind him with 
Yeah, with with and you know, Katie right behind him with 27. Uh, Bradley Beal, you know, you know, had 13 points, struggled a little bit. You know, he was a little bit kind of like up and down. I know he's, he's still coming off the injury, but uh, a nice win for the Suns at, at the very least. Yeah, and Durant had a couple of big free throws down the stretch, folks. It's all about fundamentals, um, especially um, during this time of the year and during that part of the game uh, when contest gets tight like that. It's all about the little things uh, during the final stretches of the game. Kevin Durant hit uh, two big free throws, and the Suns came out with a much needed win at home. Yeah, absolutely. That that that, that went, could, could go a long way. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. And in the battle of the last couple of MVPs. Uh, Denver and uh, uh, Philly. I saw this game too. A very, another very entertaining game, right? Uh, and, and unfortunately, it, well, fortunately, if you're a Philly fan, uh, it was Embiid who got the best of uh, Jokic mm-hmm. uh, this time around, 126 121. Uh, I wouldn't mind this to be the NBA Finals, you know, just saying. You know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, yeah, we're still a long way away from that, but uh, Embiid had 41 points and 10 assists. Um, and also, uh, on the, on the flip side, though, for Jokic. Uh, he he had 20, 25, and 19 uh, boards there, including 11 offensive boards, and also uh, Jamal Murray kicked in with 17 and 10 assists. But, yeah, it was really the – it was really not just it be was it was also a supporting cast for uh, the Sixers that kind of helped propel them to this win over the Nuggets. And guess who had 24 points? That's the third guy. Tobias Harris. Yay! Yay! I'm putting the pressure on him to be that third guy, especially during the first few years of his career. He had an all-star caliber talent, and he's been struggling the last couple years. But this year, it looks like he's finally starting to step up. He was definitely motivated the other night, including shooting shooting two or four from three-point range. You know what Tyrese Maxey, what he's going to bring. He had 25 points, including four and nine shooting from downtown. Lakina, I want to ask you this about Tyrese Maxey and Jalen Brunson. And I'm going to add the third guy in there, too, in Tyrese Halliburton. Out of those three, I know the fan voting is going on right now. You can vote at NBA.com and other places on social media, via social media uh, at the NBA. Out of those three guys, Tyrese Halliburton, Tyrese Maxey, and Jalen Brunson, which one of those three guys should be starting point guard for the Eastern Conference All-Stars next month? I think Halliburton just because he does it more consistently. Like I said, Maxi sometimes you know you don't usually see him. I know Jalen Brown's had his struggles, uh, uh, you know, through through the season as well. So it's I think Halliburton just because I think you know that experience with the instant term I think will help him in the voting there. But like I said, I think you know also he's more he's more consistent with his play, so I think that definitely helps too. I think that that's probably what get him over the edge. I think among those three, but I think I, mean, I think all three will get it in some way. I will have a vote for Jalen Brunson because he stepped up this game for this Knicks team. Like uh, Unlike last year where he was feeling himself out, he had a good year. But this year he's increased his numbers in, in all offensive categories, points per game, assist, and three-point shooting. He's really making that Knicks team go right now. So my personal vote for starting program for the All-Star game is Jalen Brunson. But you may be right, Tyrese Halliburton you know, may get it. And the way the all-star voting has uh, this new system of all-star voting f- uh, for the starters is 50% fans, 25% players, and 25% media. Yeah, so I think that's what's going to – the media is what's going to propel, I think, how it burned over the edge. So, but, yeah, we address to see what happens. But, yeah, 
it'll be fun these last couple of weeks as uh, voting you know, comes to a close in about a week or two. No, talking about the weekend here in the NBA uh, tonight, uh, Friday, you know, whatever, whenever this is posted on the uh, on the War Media uh, uh, <laughs> channels. Uh, San Antonio and Charlotte at six. Uh, Philadelphia and Orlando. The first game of the TN, of the ESPN, I should say, Friday Night Doubleheader. You got Denver and Boston. That should, that should be have been Denver. last year's finals matchup. <laughs> yes, it should have, but yeah. Maybe it'll be like this year's finals matchup. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> uh, Atlanta and Miami. Uh, <clears throat> Phoenix and New Orleans. Indiana and Portland. Hopefully, DeAndre will be there uh, you know, on time. Uh, and, also, <laughs> and also, Brooklyn uh, continues their West Coast road trip in the, la- in the next game, the, the second game of the doubleheader at, at Los Angeles, the Lakers. Tomorrow, Saturday, the Memphis Grizzlies, as Lakina mentioned earlier, after losing last night at Minnesota, they'll travel to Chicago to take on the Bulls at 7 o'clock from the UC. Other action on, for Saturday night tomorrow. Milwaukee Bucks will travel to Detroit to take on the Pistons. Philadelphia will visit Charlotte. San Antonio will visit our nation's capital to take on the Washington Wizards. The Cleveland Cavaliers will visit Atlanta to take on the Hawks. The Raptors will travel to MSG to face the New York Knicks. The Utah Jazz will face the Houston Rockets. That should be a good entertaining battle there. And wrapping up the Saturday night schedule, we'll have the Oklahoma City Thunder at the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is going to be a good game, Latina. You have the top two seeds, the top two teams in the Western Conference. You saw what Minnesota did last night, and you watched my guy, Anthony Edwards, what he's been doing these last two games with those spectacular dunks at Detroit. And then again last night with the poor man's version of Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter, toss off the backboard to himself for the dunk. Uh, he's going to be ready to, uh, ready to play against these young boys tomorrow night. Should be a point. It's too bad it's not going to be, te- not going to be televised. but uh, You yeah, can watch uh, your NBA lead pass or – Via this yes, computer screen, just saying. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Sunday's matchups: you got Brooklyn and the Clippers at two thirty. Uh, because the Lakers are playing that same, you know, later that night. That's why the Clippers mm-hmm. are going to play. So we're playing early. Well, I'm sure they'll be happy once they get their new arena uh, built. And we'll talk about probably talk about that uh, later in time. Uh, Miami and Orlando, and Denver <laughs> and Washington at five. Also. Wrapping up the Sunday night schedule in the NBA, looks like this. Boston will continue their road trip. Will start their West Coast road trip. They'll take on the Houston Rockets. The Indiana Pacers will continue their West Coast road trip as they'll face the Phoenix Suns. I think the uh, combined total will be over two, 220 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that'll be a safe bet. Whatever the total points are for mm-hmm. that day, take the over. I'm just saying Poor man's bet here. Poor man's bet here. Entertainment purposes mm-hmm. only. And the, as Lakina mentioned, the last game on that Sunday night schedule would be the Portland Trail Blazers at the Los Angeles Lakers. I think DeAndre A would make this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I think so too. I think he's right around from that area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm also he should he should be able to get there uh, just fine. And that's the schedule for this weekend in the NBA. Ashley, this is Jackson Sports on Sports of Chicago. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, with you. Wrapping things up with uh, hour number one. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's do some college hoops. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I want to. I don't want to like condense it, but yeah, I think you know we if we, we may have to go back to it, but we will uh after the break. But uh, Illinois got a nice win against Michigan, pulling away from from them. Uh, you know, it was close for a little bit. I mean, I know that I think Michigan had the lead for a little bit at one point uh mm-hmm. early on, but Con- Coleman Hawkins, you know, twenty one points. <clears throat> you know, they led the way. I think he had like fourteen points in the second half as well, so that that helped. Uh. That, that helped the Illini uh, beat an upset Michigan team. 
Yeah, the, the fighting Illini played terrific, terrific defense, especially in that second half. Ty Rogers was also the man as well. I believe he chipped in with 15. The fighting Illini didn't take that many threes, but they shot it decent enough at 33%. They had also had a 10-plus rebound edge over Michigan, 39-29. to So it was a much-needed win for, for the fighting Illini after losing at home to a good upstart Maryland team last Sunday afternoon. It was a nice bounce back win for the final line. I know they have a home game on Sunday. We'll give you that schedule uh, in a few few minutes. But the Illini stepped it up when they need to, especially in that second half. And now they improved their records to 13-4 on the year. Yeah, they're right there to think of it in uh, in the Big Ten. So, like I said, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get to all that, all that in a little bit here. Uh, some of the other uh, games. Uh, South Florida came back from 15 down to meet the Big Ten uh. at seven four seventy three. I saw this in this game. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, Memphis, you know, itself for some bad shots late, and uh, you know, to their mm-hmm. credit, South, South Florida is actually one of the top, you know, three point shooters, three point shooting teams in the in the country. So that's what really propelled them to, you know, overcoming and you know, getting this upset with in Memphis. I, I forgot who's number that big guy for for South Florida, number eleven. They just let him shoot freely, and especially in that second half. <laughs> like, what the hell's going on here? And and then, like you said. Memphis starting to play bad down the stretch, and of course it came down to a free throw. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, uh, that was. Uh, I forgot that. I forgot. I keep hearing the guy's name. Uh, Keyshawn Pryor. That's who you're. That's who you're talking about. He was the guy that. Uh, that that that. Yeah. yeah, he's a big. He's a big guy that, but he can shoot the three out you know, like crazy. So he was able to. They kind of like you know let him you know be a little bit too freely there. That's kind of what helped up or probably mm-hmm. the upset went for South Florida. Um, some of the other uh, games here. Michigan State with a nice win against Minnesota. Uh, from yesterday. Let's see anything else. Uh, James Madison over Louisiana Monroe. Um, uh, Utah beat Oregon State. Uh, that's about it for that part. Oh, Wazoo. Uh, well, no, not Wazoo. Oh, yeah, Wazoo over Stanford. You know, they're putting together a nice little resume. Going to Wednesday's matchups uh, real quick. That was when a lot of the upsets happened, even besides that. Uh, UConn, no trouble with uh, Creighton. Just uh, I think UConn is just like showing you why they're the defending champions. Just uh, amazing what they've been doing uh, there. North Carolina, no trouble with uh, Louisville. Uh, Houston, uh, again, you know, bounce back for those last two losses. They beat uh, Texas Tech. Uh, UK was announced bounce back when Arizona. That's Arizona beat USC. That's but that's that's the ending of the because unfortunately mm-hmm. SC actually did keep it close, but unfortunately Arizona their big shots. Uh, uh, they pulled away late there. Real thanks to Kayla loves uh, twenty points. Auburn no trouble with Vanderbilt. Oklahoma with a nice bounce back win. LSU uh, they beat Ole Miss. Uh, Florida State they're quietly undefeated in the ACC. Don't tell Leonard Hamilton doesn't want you to know that, but he they've they're five on <laughs> ACC so far. Uh, yeah, that's about it there. Uh, North, Northwestern beat Maryland. Speaking of Maryland. Uh, yeah, nice Prov- back win for Chris Collins and crew. Yeah, very nice. Uh, Providence over DePaul. Ugh. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll save my. We don't have time for that, so yeah, we're almost like. Well, I know we're up against it, but uh, yeah. Uh, Tuesday, a lot of, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of upsets there. To basically, everyone's beating each other up in the, in the Big 12, so, uh, you know, that's uh, pretty cool. But let, let's get to uh, this weekend's uh, matchups. Yeah, um, the only matchup in the top 25 tonight, you can see that on FS1 at 7.30. That's Indiana at number 11, Wisconsin. Indiana's at 12 and 6. Wisconsin at 13 and 4. So 
That should be another good battle uh, in the Big Ten there. Now, tomorrow, Saturday, uh, great games on the docket here. Number nine, Baylor at Texas. That's at 11 a.m. Central Both Standard Time up. on ESPN. No, no, yeah, both are hoping to bounce back from they had a couple of uh, tough losses. Texas uh, lost to UCF, and uh, uh, Ronnie Terry was not very happy with the UCF guys going with the horns down thing. I, I don't look. <laughs> don't, don't, blow, don't blow an 18 point lead, and then you'll be fine. Who's okay. upset more? Who's more upset, him or Bobby Hurley? Oh, geez. <laughs> he's had a pretty, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Well, at, at least he can well, both of them kept a kind of like even tones. They, they didn't like. I know, I know, uh, Coach Hoyer swore a couple of times, but you know, I don't think it was nothing too harsh there. Uh, Marquette and St. John's, that's also 11 a.m. on, on Fox. Uh, Creighton and Seton Hall, you know, Shernine Holloway, you know, his guys, you know, they put up a nice little resume. Beating Creighton will definitely put another uh, little topper there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Dayton, uh, Dayton as they host, uh, Rhode Island, that's 11 a.m. on the USA Network. Part of that new TV deal with them. Yeah. And your doubleheader on the CW network for tomorrow. Uh, first game would be Virginia Tech at North Carolina State. You know, check your local affiliate for the CW. Of course, here in Chicago's WGN, where they broadcast the games. And it will be followed by North Carolina at Boston College at 115 Central Standard Time. Should be interesting. Uh there, Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma and Cincy. That's gonna be the Big 12 ESPN Plus network. Uh, Mountain West, you got uh, San Diego State and Boise State. San Diego State hoping to bounce back. Uh, they had a couple of uh, nice little bounce back wins there. Let's see the night matchups. Uh, Houston, uh, also the Big 12 uh, ESPN Plus Network. They host UCF. UCF hoping to pull off another upset. Purdue and Iowa, that's a one on FS1. Uh, Tennessee, they host Alabama on ESPN2 at one. Iowa State and TCU, that should be a fun one on at one on ESPNU. Uh, Did you hear about their women's team and talking about TCU real quick, Lakina? They had to postpone their last two games because they didn't have enough players. Yeah, I heard. I saw that's that. Crazy. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little night that's still happening with all the NIL stuff. But yeah, I guess they've had a lot of injuries there, so that's probably why they had they've had to postpone a lot of their games. Like they only had like like five scholarship players, so uh, kind of weird what's happening down there and uh and and down there and then TCU, but on the women's side, but oh boy, uh, Arizona and uh as they host UCLA. West Virginia, they host uh, Kansas on uh, that B Big 12 ESPN Plus. Never don't ask me why why they're doing that. Uh, any other? Let me see. Let me just go down there real quick with the night match. that we're up against it. Uh, let me see here. Uh, uh, Kentucky and Georgia. Tom Crean and his guys. They go to uh, Rupp Arena in Lexington. Lexington. That should be a, a good one at five o'clock on SC uh, Network. BYU at Texas Tech. That's a five o'clock ESPN two. The Nightcappers here. Uh, Duke and and, and uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, that'll be on ACT Network. Uh, UConn at uh, Villanova. That's gonna be at seven o'clock on FS one. Ole Miss and Auburn on on the SC Network at seven thirty. And yeah, uh, yeah, that's about it there. Gonzaga at uh, San Diego. That's on ESPN Plus at nine. Any other any, any matchups that 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 uh, uh, peaks are interested? Yes, two big matchups on Sunday at high noon Central Standard Time. Number 10 Memphis will travel to the great state of Louisiana to take on the Tulane Green Wave. Uh, that's Ooh, on that's ESPN2 at high noon on Sunday. And, of course, at the same time on the Big Ten Network, Rutgers will travel to Champaign to take on the number 14 ranked team in the country, the Fighting Illini. 
Yeah, hoping. Uh, yeah, because last couple of times they they played a uh, uh, Rutgers beat Illinois, so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's gonna, that I'm sure they're gonna want their revenge there, and that's just because for this weekend in college hoops. Our number one in the books, our number two straight ahead. As you're listening to the hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We will have to discuss the court, uh, big old line of potential offensive coordinators going in and out of Hallis Hall. Uh, it's a bunch of musical chairs. Where will the music stop? And, of course, we'll give you our previews of NFL Divisional Playoff Weekend. And we'll have our girl, Christine the Queen Manga. That and a whole lot more as you're listening to Second City Sports right here live in the Olympic Color on SportsZone Chicago. You're in my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to our number two of this hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. 
I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow my Ken McGee on the Twitter X at Ken's Gregg and IG. We have less than 50 minutes left of this extravaganza we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments or opinions for us, you can always find us at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comment section. Lakino will get the up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. All right, Sid. Uh, the as you, as you said that the Bears OC musical chairs the search, the search for office of court coordinator exactly. And I guess after interviewing you know Marcus Brady, who was uh, I think it was the uh, the uh, running back, well the, 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 the QB coach over down there in Tennessee. Uh, but now it looks like Cliff Kingsbury, of course, who's the uh, game coordinator and of course a QB coach over at USC. They're going, they're actually going to be traveling to Los Angeles, which that kind of, I don't know about how you feel, so, but that kind of a head scratcher. I know some people, I know some of the people we know that who cover the Bears, they were shocked by this. We've been saying mm-hmm. his name for like since this whole thing started. They're going, they're going to Los Angeles, which makes me think, wait a second, if this just is like a courtesy thing, you know, for Caleb Williams, there is Zoom. You could have just called him. Why are you going all the way to Los Angeles? <laughs> Hmm, the only thing I can think of is the Bears are trying to kill two birds with one stone. If they don't want anybody to find out about it, they're doing a bad job. Their mess is sloppy. Yeah, it is. That's pretty the sloppy. thing I can think of. Yeah, yeah, that, that is kind of like kind of crazy how that works. So we know also the other names we have floating around. We talk, we talk about Shane Warder, who used to be. Uh, the those see at the at the seat with the Seahawks and of course uh Clint Kubiak uh who you know we know his dad his dad Gary you know he was a mm-hmm. office of genius so no reason why it, it wouldn't you know it wouldn't run the family there but uh so what do you think this all this is kind of like you know who round and round and round we go where we stop nobody knows hmm. <laughs> I heard someone say this the other night now I should give this person credit hope we can get this person on our program down the road and that's Jason Golf. Uh, he, I'm just paraphrasing a little bit, and he, he said this about Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, as you mentioned, that he's been interviewed by the Bears and working with USC. If he becomes your next a court, uh, your, your next OC for the Bears, don't you think that may pose a threat to Matt Eberfuss, who's going to be under the gun next year, going into his third year trying to win to keep his job? Because we all know that the McCaskies don't like to make coaching changes right in the middle of the season. That's just not their protocol, but if Cliff Kingsbury, who's uh, who may be hired, let's just say if he does, and we saw what he did with Arizona, especially with him and that fractured relationship between him and Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. don't you think they'll pose a threat to Matt Eberflus? I think it would. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting that they would go this route if if they are. If okay, I know Poles is there. I wonder if Flus is there. I doubt Coach Flus is going to be there. Part of that trip that they go the the condition that goes to uh, Los Angeles. To talk to <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I, I I doubt that. As our buddy uh, Ross Reed, uh, you know, with our buddy uh, uh, you know Evan Mack, of course, you guys, you know, on the on the Ballroom Network on uh, their show, but uh, he even said that look, no, no, uh, no, Whole Foods is safe in the suburbs if he gets hired. You know, you can that can you can make your own conclusion with that one, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I mean, look, it just seems a little weird that they would they would do all this, but I don't know, maybe maybe I maybe I'm reading too much into it. I guess I don't know, but uh, it is a little weird that. This is just a common courtesy, you know, thing. I mean, if he is really is being considered, is sort of like, I mean, we know 
the coaching did not work out over in Arizona. We saw this like, that happen mm-hmm. that kind of transpired, even outside of the fracture relationship he ended up having with Kyler Murray. He knows uh Williams is sort of like faults and idiosyncrasies. So it could just be that, or maybe he is being really is being considered for the OC job. Who knows? But uh there have been like about like a dozen, like six or seven guys that have already been in an interview so far. And does it does any of them really impress you? Is there like a, a standout to you? Outside of the outside north, the outside circumstances with Cliff Kingsbury, no. But I don't know if they're going to get Byron Leverage an interview. I know they interviewed Greg Roman, I believe, so mm-hmm. early in the process. So here's here's the thing, Lakina. One of the first questions that I would have for them, uh, hopefully, if the Bears are responsible, they were asked uh, if uh, they haven't asked these candidates. Shame on them. But I'm sure they asked these candidates, "What would your offensive game plan game plan be?" If we drafted Caleb Williams or Drake May, what would your game plan be if we decided to keep Justin Fields? Or how would you handle the situation if we drafted Caleb Williams, have him sit for a year, and what would you do with Justin Fields? You got to provide and present every scenario to these candidates. Because all the those options, we talked about, I'm sure we're going to talk about ad nauseum, very actual news, but <laughs> all, all scenarios are on the table here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I don't think they've made I, – I think, like I said, I think Polis has already made up his mind about uh, Fields. And it, the way Fields was talking at the end of that Didier Presser last week, it sounds like he's gone. So, I, I, yeah, I, again, I don't want to read too much into it, but it sounds mm-hmm. like he's gone. So, it'll, I know the, the locker room, I know DJ Moore and a few other guys have you know, said that they like your know, Fields and whatnot. So, if if they do trade Fields and, you know, that's the, that's the route they go to, with Caleb Williams, is that going to fresh the locker room? So I think all mm-hmm. the all the ducks got to be in a row. And I think if you're the Bears, you got to cover all your bases and keep an you know a kind of an eye on what it is now. If if, if Cliff Kingsbury does take the job, I mean it'll be interesting to see if, like you said, could Fluce, If you're Fluce, you have to work with this guy. And if he does pose a threat, especially if you stink and the Bears don't, if the Bears come up, you know, go off to a bad start next year, you know, you're out. Mm-hmm. You can't in if he does well he may end up getting the job so i know we're we're kind of way ahead of ourselves in this but i'm sure that's going to factor if you're flus you're probably thinking about that in the back of your mind i I want to talk about this for a moment lakina you brought up the locker room you do have to worry about the locker room because at at least from the uh, defensive side those defensive players have head coach matt evil flus is back that is evident we saw that especially at the second half of the season and when they added my test right via the via trade at the trade deadline on the flip side, for the offense, it seems like at least publicly, most of those receivers are behind in an offensive lineman are behind Justin Fields. Uh, I, I know our guy Sean Sierra played it, <clears throat> played the clip on his show the other day. But Jalen, I think it was Jalen Johnson. He was a guest on Keyshawn Johnson's podcast from FS1 Undisputed, mm-hmm. and he talked about uh, about Justin Fields and what he mean, means to the team and what it means to that locker room. So, at least publicly, you have majority of the Bears players on Justin Fields' side. If you're Ryan Poles, the GM, you have to worry about the locker room. But at the same time, you got to do what's best for the team and for the organization as well. Unfortunately, you cannot make everyone happy, but you got to consider consider the culture of the locker room. It's it much better, as we know, than it was a year ago when we had to tear everything down. Yeah, and the whole the, the, like I said, going to the great woman thing for a second. I know, I know, everybody wants to tell that oh, he did this for uh, Colin Kaepernick. Oh, he got you know Lamar Jackson's first MVP. Well, here's the thing. If you listen to Des Bryant, look, I know Des Bryant said, said some silly stuff recently. I, I know, I know, but 
he was there for a lot of that time in Baltimore, and it didn't work out very mm-hmm. well for him over there. And there, there's a reason why Baltimore fans wanted him out of there. I'm talking about Roman in those, those last yeah. couple of years. So they figured him out. So I think everybody would say, well, you know, yeah, it's just that. no, I mean, there's a reason why he's not coaching right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm sure I'm sure it's going to go on and on. I'm sure right up until probably the Super Bowl. So I doubt yeah. I, I, who knows when those when the Bears will hire somebody. I'm sure they're going to take their time. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Now, some other names that are being floated around. It looks like uh, I, I, I guess maybe uh, Bill Belichick is a, one of the favorites for the Falcons job. That's what it sounds like. If you listen to some of the, uh, I know he and Arthur Blank, they're very tight. So what do you think? Do you think there's a, I mean, look, he, look it'll be, he'll be the favorite in that division, you know, if you're being in the NFC South, for being honest, but. I think he'll be a good fit for, for Atlanta, but here's the thing. I heard a caller bring up this QB's name last night on the national radio show. I want to get your take on this. At least it made me pause to think like, hmm, this quarterback could be a perfect fit for or Bill Belichick, or Bill Belichick, as I call him on this show, or so uh, respectfully. But I know people think that that he does, uh, there are some reports, if you believe reports, that he doesn't like Justin Fields. A couple of people say he likes Justin Fields. I'm talking about Bill Belichick, if you were to take this job. But one name that, as I mentioned, this caller brought up on the national show last night, which I think that could work with Bill Belichick, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I, yeah, I think. Hmm. That makes more sense. I mean, because you're in a win now mode if you're Bill Belichick. Yeah. The Falcons have a defense. Their secondary is not too bad, and offensively you have you have Drake London who could be one of the best young wide receivers in the NFL when it's all said and done. You got B. John Robinson who was who's good, but he was mm-hmm. mis- being misused at times uh, this past season. And so if you put Kirk Cousins there, uh, you definitely can uh, make some headway there. Yeah, and then you go Kyle Pitts. He may actually use him. So that's another exactly that free Kyle Pitts. <laughs> yeah, they know free Kyle Pitts as they, as uh, as uh, some of his fans uh, call him. But yeah, I mean, I could see that. I mean, you know, if you're, yeah, because I don't because you know, uh, you know, Coach Belichick's not going to want to do a rebuild. So it will be interesting to see mm-hmm. if he if you know things if you know there is a deal in place for Atlanta. I mean, that's going to be kind of like the thing where if you're. Him, I think he definitely would rather have your know, cousins and fields, but that's a that's another. No, no, we're going to, again, we're going off a little too far further, too far ahead, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. Now, the Chargers they've interviewed Jim Harbaugh, David Shaw, which is a name that kind of uh, I'm, I'm kind of with our buddy Tuan Saley, who does a great job uh, covering the Jets for New York Daily News. He kind of like, really, okay. <laughs> uh, I guess I, I, I mean, I know the Rooney rules in effect, but. Do, are they really considering him for that job, or they just using him as a ploy? You know what word I want to use, but I'm not going to make that the chance of using that T word. They're, on the, the, station, they're the better, so. but they're they're a better black candidates if you if that's the route you're, you're talking about. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, another person against David Shaw, but are you using him to fill your uh, quote unquote protocol of the Rooney Rule? I'm I'm just asking that question. Nothing against David Shaw personally, but. Are you using him to fill in your quota, or is he a serious candidate? I'm, I'm, I think that's a fair question to ask. Especially when there are other, uh, when there are better candidates out there. But 
mm-hmm. don't know. I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what you know, what, what transpires down there because they're gonna have to you know they're gonna have to get rid of a lot of guys because they got a lot of older guys that are on expiring contracts. So they may they may mm-hmm. there may be a rebuild over there and uh and and with the Chargers. So uh, we'll see uh what happens uh there now will nick sirianni uh be out at uh, philadelphia i'd say no i know there have been some stuff that kind of came out especially off the off the field and other stuff but uh you know it, it's amazing how philly you know fans can turn on something i guess that's philly for you i know that nick sirianni is supposed to have a meeting with uh with the owner today so we'll see what happens with that i think i'm with you looking i think he's going to keep his job but you're going to see a lot of changes on his coaching staff. We'll see what happens in free agency, how their roster is going to change. But like you said, the way they played the other night against uh, Tampa Bay, I thought they'll have better effort than what they did. Uh, I'm sure Nick Sirianis is discussing right now with the owner, uh, what went wrong after starting the season 10 and one. I know Jalen Hurts got hurt toward the end there. Unlike last year when he came back in the playoffs and he took the help take the team to the Super Bowl. But well, what's the problem? What can you do to correct it? And he's got to convince the owner that he knows, he knows what he's doing, which I'm with you. Assuming that Nick Sirianni comes back next year, he's going to be in the same boat as Matt Eberflus. So if they get off to a hot start, uh, I'm sure that Jeffrey Lurie is going to give him the quick hook. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens uh, with that. Uh, I know that the Seahawks and Commanders and the Titans, uh, they're just starting their process. They probably won't have their process uh, you know, fully completed to probably until after the Super Bowl. So uh, we'll keep you guys updated on that. As I can see, and the Raiders too. So hope, hopefully by this time next week, they'll, they'll, they'll hire Antonio Pierce. I don't know what's taking yes. Mark Davis so long, but I, I don't know what, because it doesn't seem like Harbaugh's interested in that job. I, I think even he lobbied for uh, Pierce to get the job. So that should tell you something if you're thinking about that. But I know that yeah. he wants to, and if you're a peer, you want to come on your way. I know he uh, interviewed uh, down there in uh, Tennessee and also Atlanta as well. So he's probably getting, you know, making sure he gets all his ducks in a row and has a plan B just in case it doesn't work out over Los, An- Las Vegas, I should say. But uh, we'll see what happens there. As least I can see sports on Sports of Chicago, like Keenan McGee sitting around with you with our girl Christy Mago. We'll join us in a little bit. Uh, let's talk about these. Uh, anything else you want to talk about say, before we want to you know, get to the divisional round games? Yeah, let's get to the divisional round games. All right. Uh, interesting. That, interesting. Though, though we were we were, both, we were all five and five and one. Oddly enough, uh, the only like, of course the only loss was the Green Bay loss. Really, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, yeah. But mm, we'll start with Baltimore and Houston. Uh, that game will be on ABC, ESPN. Uh, tomorrow at or today, you know, listen to this uh, in the War Media uh, podcast at three thirty uh, Central Time. Uh, I know they. I know they met early this year, and uh, you know Houston actually kept up with uh with Baltimore for a little bit before Baltimore pulled away. Like I kind of see the same thing happening here. I was hoping that Mark Andrews would uh, be up to play, but it looks like he's not going to be able to play just yet. I know that uh, Marlon Humphrey. I know people want to make a big deal about that, but they've actually been playing without him pretty much the most of the season, so that's really has not mm-hmm. really deterred them that much. If you're Baltimore, you want to kind of set the you want to set the tone early. You want to jump on the Texas early on. Use uh use Lamar's skill set. Try to kind of confuse mm-hmm. that defense. You still got you know the deep the secondary is a little bit uh a little bit wonky uh, in in Houston. So if you're you know the Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr., you can take you can take advantage of that. Also, too, I believe the two keys for the Texans are this: Can you keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket? And number two. You have to run the ball at least 20 to 25 times with Devin Singletary. I know he, he didn't have to do that much last week as uh, the Browns 
they blew out the Browns. But this is going to be a much tougher game. Looking, I think much tougher than their week one matchup with CJ Stroud trying to figure everything out. Baltimore, as you mentioned, Lamar Jackson, he can make plays with his feet and with his arm. And so he's a double uh, he's a double threat from that standpoint. But I think it's going to come down to how Houston wants to play Lamar Jackson. Can you keep him in the pocket? If you do, I think you, you can create a couple of turnovers because Baltimore at times, uh, they like to put the ball out and you can cause a couple of tur- turnovers if you Houston's defense. So in that front four, you got to get some pressure on Lamar Jackson. Like I said, just keep him in the pocket. Uh, a couple of sacks would be nice, but keep Lamar, Lamar Jackson in the pocket. Uh, you'll have a great shot at the end. And you got to uh, run the ball with the Devin Singletary between 20 and 25 times, in my opinion. If you're uh, the balls where you want to try to use your defense as much as you can, try to blitz uh, mm-hmm. blitz uh, the, the text as much as you can with Roquan Smith and Javian Cloudy, and uh, perhaps maybe, you know, maybe you ha- use Kyle Hamilton to kind of that skill to kind of like confuse the, the receiver. So if you're, if you're balls where you want to sort of try to center, you don't want to give Houston a shot at winning, you just don't. You want to kind of keep that going there. Uh, the nightcap uh, uh, for, for tomorrow night, or oh, tonight. Uh, you got San Francisco and Green Bay. We know that these two teams, you love playing against each other in uh, in the playoffs especially. If you're a San Fran, I think you're not going to be – you're not going to play down to your competition like you, like Dallas did you know, last weekend. <laughs> you know, try, use that experience to try to, like, confuse uh, Green Bay and just try to kind of – like I said, try to jump on them early and just don't, don't give them any room. Yeah, for San Francisco – Shut down the run via Aaron Jones. You saw what he's been doing these last couple of games. Of course, the regular season finale against the Bears with 111 yards rushing. And, of course, you saw what he did last week with three rushing touchdowns against the Cowboys. So, for the 49ers, shut down the run. And I want to see George Kittle exposed to the middle of that Packers uh, defense, especially with their linebackers not being that strong. I expect George Kittle to have a big performance tomorrow night. It'll be interesting, like you said. Like I said, I mean, look, I'm sure, look, the, the Packers are playing with house money. So if you're mm-hmm. the Packers, you want to try to, you know, trying to kind of like, you know, sort of like surprise you know, the 49ers. But I think they've seen everything. I'm talking about the 49ers. So, uh, again, we'll see what happens there uh, as our girl is here. Uh, and let's bring her on. She is our girl from KXRB in Sioux Falls. She is your buddy. She's our buddy, Miss Christine, the Queen Medica. Hey, Christine. Hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, indeed. And uh, incidentally, like 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 we said, uh, we started. We all we all were five and one last week. So uh, we all did a. You know, we all were actually off to a really good start. Like I said, uh, the Green Bay game is what what got all of us. So uh, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> go figure with that. We're just going through these games real. Uh, just going like just kind of like doing the keys and stuff like that. Uh, the Sunday game, uh, the first ones will be on NBC. You got Tampa Bay and Detroit. Um, honestly, I, I think other than the fact that the reporter from Tampa who had no clue that Detroit's been playing indoors for since their existence, <laughs> but... who was that? So I, I guess was, I, they, they didn't say who who she was or where she was from. I know I know she was a Tampa Bay reporter. I guess is one of their, their affiliates down there. And uh, apparently, she oh my asked, gosh, yeah, she asked Todd Bowles, "What's gonna be like you know playing outdoors?" Uh, Google search. They've been playing in the, they, they've been playing in, in, indoors for like the last fifty years. Like, I'm just saying. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go go through the go through uh go through that Bowles uh presser uh, from uh Tuesday. It'll it'll, it'll show you, Christy. Or all, all, will, will it there. show up on one of those uh YouTube videos one day yes. when reporters ask stupid questions? It'll be it'll probably be up there too. I'm sure it's probably up there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'll give you your picks, Christine. Uh what do you think are the keys gonna be for this one? 
Uh, you know what? I think as long as the Detroit Lions play their game, they're in pretty good shape. Honestly, this game can go either way. Tampa Bay is getting hot at the right time. And Baker Mayfield, he's he's really showing his stuff and he's showing that he still deserves to be a starting quarterback. And, you know, you got guys still on the on the Buccaneers like Mike Evans. That's a really good asset and a good target for Baker Mayfield. Uh, to hit too. When it comes to the Lions, I just think the, the glue besides Jared Goff and uh, Montgomery and, and all the other aspects that you have to this team is Dan Campbell. I really think he's just rejuvenated the team ever since he's he's stepped onto that field and stepped into the Detroit area, really. And it's just, it's awesome to see them succeeding and uh, to see um, just what the Cinderella story is uh, turning out to be for them. I think the key here for this game is the Tampa Bay for front four. They did a tremendous job uh, last Monday against Jalen Hurts and crew with, in Philadelphia. And they got away with not running the ball as much. But I think the Buccaneers are going to have to run the ball at least 25 to 30 times with Rashard White. The keys to me for Tampa Bay, uh, running the ball, with more consistency and can that front front get constant pressure on Jared Goff will force him to put up a couple of interceptions. Also, too, I think for me, I think, you know, can Baker Mayfield take advantage of that secondary for Detroit? We know Detroit, that's the one thing their defense is not very good is their secondary. We saw that against mm-hmm. the, those, those, those two meetings against the Bears. So uh, we'll see if, uh, if if Tampa can expose that. Now, we'll take a really quick break. We're going to stretch a little bit. We'll do all of our picks. We'll, you know, Christy, we'll ask Christy about uh, potential, the potential uh, White Sox uh, new stadium. Um, and so much more to talk with her about uh, in addition to the divisional round uh, picks. Lakina McGee, City Brown, our girl Christine Macro, KXRB. This is Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago and picks and, and wrap around coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? 
Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to Second City Sports of this hashtag Football Friday edition. We're live in the Living Color right here on Sports Soul Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. It's Christine. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter X and the IGSCK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. You follow Lakina McGee on the Twitter X. I can't speak again. IG. This is our last last uh, show for the week and our last break for the weekend for the weekend. So make these questions and comments and these opinions uh, great. So you want to reach out to us. This is our last segment of the show for today and for the week. As I mentioned, you can always find us at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago YouTube. Type in those questions, comments, and opinions in the comment section. The kid will get them up on the screen for you. All right. It's divisional round picks time. Now, of course, like I said, we were all 5-1 uh, last week in the Super Wild Card weekend. Hopefully, we can, we'll keep that going here. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be the bookends for the AFC as we start uh, tomorrow, today. Uh, for those of you listening to this on the uh, War Mia pod, <laughs> uh, you got the Texans and the Ravens. Like I said, they you know they, they faced each other early on in, the, in week one. Like I said, the Ravens were able to pull that off uh, against the Texans. Uh, Christine, you start this one for us. This is going to be a good game now that C.J. Stroud is really into his own. And the Texans weren't even supposed to be in this position. So they're really excited and, and, and amped up for this game for sure. Uh, when it comes to the Ravens, uh, you're facing a potential MVP right now in Lamar Jackson. And you also got guys like Roquan Smith. That's going to be a big challenge when it comes to the Texans offense. Uh, and plus, now they have the addition of Delvin Cook. That's going to be another weapon that the Ravens have in their corner. And it's a home game. Ravens fans, they're crazy. Baltimore fans are really rowdy out there. And this this is going to be a good matchup, way different from what it was uh, when they first faced each other. But I still think in the end, I think Baltimore is going to be able to uh, pull out this win. It will be close, but um, it will definitely be a 
Ravens victory, I think. Christine always mentions those Ravens fans going Raven wild. So we'll they see do. what happens. <laughs> yes, they do. They do. <laughs> they I, do. I'm credit they for do. that. Yeah, for Lamar Jackson, you mentioned, Christine, the, uh, the pressure is going to be on him. I think this is the first time since 2019 when he won an MVP, the first time that they'll have home field events. You know what happened in that one. Tennessee upset them uh, mighty uh, heavily. But I think this time things are going to be different. Like I said, Houston's going to play them tough. But I think Baltimore is going to pull away at the end. So I, I'm 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 going to have Baltimore win this game, and they are favored by nine and a half points at home. Yeah, I'll take the po- yeah. Oh, nine and a half. Okay, yeah, I'll take the points because I think I don't think the Ravens are going to uh, blow out the Texans. I think the Texans are going to stay. Mm-hmm. They're going to you know they're going to fight, but and I think the Ravens will be too much. Um, yeah, I, I think the bar is like on a mission. So I, I kind of feel like, you know, he hasn't played, they, ha- they haven't played a playoff game in about four or five years. He hasn't played since the 2019 uh, game. We saw what happened there against Cincinnati. So uh, yeah, I'm picking the, the Ravens, but it'll be close, though. It'll be close. Not, not, not like field goal close, but I, I think it'll definitely be uh, uh, right there. They'll, they'll be within a touchdown. I think I'm talking about the Texans. Um, second game out, uh, say you start this one, though. This will be on Fox. We got Green Bay and San Francisco at the first time. These two teams have played each other in the playoffs, so they're very for the face of change, but the, the you know the meat of it is still the same. Yeah, they almost sent Aaron Rodgers into retirement a couple of years ago with that <laughs> loss yeah. with the Green Bay uh, losing at home at Lambeau Field. That was beautiful, but I know circumstances are different now. Of course, the the Cowboys uh, they they were upset by these uh, upstart Green Bay Packers last week. The 49ers coming off a bye. As I said in our last break, and I'll say it here again, it's going to come down to the 49ers stopping the run, and we're going to see how Brock Perry, what he's really made of. Last year he came out of nowhere and helped the 49ers get to the NFC title game before he got hurt in that title game. This year the book is out on him, and he didn't finish strong to the to the regular season. This, I think this is going to be a big-time a pressure check for him. I expect him to have a big game. I expect George Kill, their tight end, to have a big game. So I'm going with the 49ers at home on this one. I love this matchup just because of the quarterback situation. You have Brock Purdy and then you got Jordan Love, two guys that nobody thought would make it far in the NFL. Jordan Love may be farther than what Brock Purdy uh, thought that people would do, but this is just a great quarterback story in general and two young quarterbacks. Um, and like what you said, said you have to stop the run game with, uh, with the green Bay Packers, but what, what the 49ers have is just a, it's a stacked team with McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, all those guys, it's just going to call for a monster game, and that's going to be a monster victory. Do I think it's going to be a blowout? No, but I, I do think that the 49ers have the advantage of not only having a stronger team, but also having that extra week in between to get healthy and to get rested, and you still have a significant amount of Packers who are still injured. Christian Watson he didn't play last week. He still's got that hamstring injury going on. So when it comes to to that situation, think of it that way as well. So 49ers are going to take this one. Yeah, it'll be the 49ers, but I think it's going to be a lot closer. I'm not going to say that though they're they're going to be they're going to blow them out. I think the the Packers do have enough to kind of stay with them for a little bit, but 
CMC, you know, getting him healthy that extra week, like you said, Chrissy, I think helps a lot, you know, for all those guys. And I think I think they're on a mission too. I think they feel like they kind of should have went to the Super Bowl last year. I'm talking about the 49ers. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think they're on a mission. And I think, look, they got the Packers at home. They're gonna want us in a message. So it'll be close, not not like super close, but like I said, like like I said with the Houston with the Texas uh, uh Ravens game. But I think uh the 49ers will pull away late. I think this will be one of those types of games. I I feel like we'll be interested to see what happens with that. Yeah, the 49ers are favored by nine and a half at home. Again, the nine and a half. My gosh. Wow. Lucky oh, number. Yeah, it must be. So uh, we're, I'll be interested to see what the points are for this one. Uh the first Sunday, the first game, which is Sunday at two o'clock. Um on NBC, you got the Lions and the Bucks. Of course, the Lions this is the first they've been in a long time. Uh the Bucks, this is their this is their first rodeo, uh, either for some of those guys. I think for me, like I, like you guys said. Richard White, get that running game going with him. We know that run defense isn't the best, and the secondary isn't the best. So if you're a bigger Mayfield and that offense, you don't want to try and kind of like set the tone early. You know, get the Lions rattled. First, you're a golf to throw those turnovers like he does occasionally. So I think, I think I'm almost tempted to, to pick the pick Tampa, but I'm picking the Lions just because it's going to be a close one. My day, I'm picking the Lions. <laughs> I'm teaching to pay the Bucks. <laughs> I think part of the reason why Jared Goff did so well last week against the Rams was because his line really protected him. You know, he had enough time in the pocket to find his guy or to run the ball. And that caused him not to throw as many interceptions or to have so many turnovers in the game. So I think if the the line plays the same way as what they did last week against the Rams – which is probably arguably a little bit more competitive than what's going to be seen this weekend. I think the Lions are going to be in pretty good shape. Now, I'm not saying that Tampa isn't going to go all out and show their aggression and show their competitiveness. I'm just saying that it the, you don't know what you're going to get out of the Buccaneers, and that's how they've kind of been all season. Were they supposed to be in this situation? Absolutely not. Were, were, was their division up for grabs? Yeah, it could have gone to anybody, but it went to the Buccaneers. Um, I do think it's going to be a good game to watch, maybe possibly a, a really fun game for the Lions fans. And home field, and I think just from what I saw last week, that strength within the Lions program, I'm I'm sticking with the Lions. I'm not going to do my analysis because I did that before the break, but I will caution the Detroit Lions players and the fans this do not underestimate what Tampa Bay did. I know on the outside, mm-hmm. people uh, uh, think that Tampa Bay, quote unquote, had that Super Bowl by knocking out the defending NFC champs last week on Monday night at home. But do not take these Buccaneers lightly. We talked about with Houston earlier. They're playing with house money. We talked about that with Green Bay last week when they upset Dallas. They're playing with house money. So I think this could be a whole lot closer than what people think. I am going with the Lions, and they are favored by six and a half. All right, that's a that sounds yeah, that sounds a little bit better without that six and a half. So, uh, but yeah, like you said, so I I just don't see you know the Lions one of the Bucks. I just don't see that happening. Mm. All right, all right, we got the creme de la creme here. This will be on CBS Prime Time. You've got uh the Chiefs and the Bills uh at five thirty Central Time. Of course, this goes back to the matchup you know, from earlier uh last month, where of course the Bills beat the Chiefs, you know, with all the weird, you know, not knowing the Chiefs not know where, where they're supposed to stand or whatever. I know people want to you know make fun of that, take that into account, but I think here's what I think what's different about it this time. 
I, I feel like I know the Bills have kind of had some injuries. You know, a little, they're a little bit banged up, but I feel like there's a little bit of a heart here. And in that early matchup, Josh Allen didn't make any mistakes. If he can, if he can, you know, this, look, we saw, we always said a few Bills go with Mark Jackson. He's got a lot to prove, but so, so is Josh Allen. He needs to have a good game here to kind of like get to that, that next tier. So beating, you know, the, the Chiefs again, look, it's going to be hard to do. Look, you get them at home in Highmark Stadium. You know that place is going to be rocking, you know, cold weather and snow and all. But uh, <laughs> I think if if the Bills can set the tone with that that offense, keep Mahomes and them off the field, try to run through that uh, that run defense of the Chiefs and Frank Clark. On the on the flip side, you want to if you're the defense of the Bills, try to see what you did, you know, against the Chiefs in that that first matchup, and try to see if you can replicate that. Try to force Mahomes, you know, kind of rattle him a little bit. Um, try to, you know, you know, get to Kelsey and, you know, and Scale and all those guys. So, yeah, I, I feel like the Bills – I know it's going to be tough to beat the Chiefs twice a year, but I think the Bills are going to do just that. I think the Bills, I think they know that they have a shot here. They're, they've been hot lately, so uh, I'm picking the Bills. Normally I would agree with you, Akina, when you say that it would be tough to beat the Chiefs twice in one year. But this is a way different team than than in years past. It's not the same strength. It's something just hasn't been clicking right this year. And it's not just the game that happened earlier between the Bills and the Chiefs. It's been going on all season long. And I think that that game in particular just highlighted some of the faults and the cracks that the Chiefs have been dealing with all season long. That game on Monday with the Steelers and the Bills, which felt like a, a weird Sunday afternoon game to me. Mm. Uh, that was so explosive for the Bills and definitely something that they needed too. I love it how every touchdown that they had, it was by four individual players. It just wasn't one guy. It was four individual players, including Josh Allen running in his own touchdown which nobody thought he can run in that 52-yard touchdown. Mm -hmm. So it, it just shows, I think, a turning point within this team. I would like it if uh, Barkley would get in more on the action. He's just been really quiet this year for whatever reason. I I don't know. Maybe it's something it's on the field, something off the field. But um, I would like to see him get a little bit more action. And definitely you have to have that O-line be strong in order to avoid Josh having those potential turnovers. Um, and again, it's a different Chiefs team. They're just not the same. They're not at the same strength as, as what they have been uh, in recent years. It's going to be a close one. But I am going to go with the Bills. It's going to come down to the running games for both of these teams. For Buffalo, let James Cook cook. Let me repeat that for head coach Sean McDermott of Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Let him James mm -hmm. Cook cook. Have, let him have more carries than your quarterback, okay? I'm just I'm going to leave it at that. Isaiah Pacheco, <laughs> the running back for the Chiefs on the flip side, you saw what he did last week uh, against the Miami Dolphins. He had that. Touchdown early in the fourth quarter to help put that game away for Kansas City. For for Buffalo's defense, how how much can you neutralize Travis Kelsey? I think that's going to be the key right there. Can you be disciplined mm -hmm. and limit the, the yards after the catch for Travis Kelsey? And then on the flip side, for Buffalo's offense, uh, not to turn the ball over, you've been great ever since you kicked out Ken Dorsey, the former OC, and that offense has taken yeah. off. So mm -hmm. uh, those are going to be the keys for me in this game. Uh, the weather's going to be a huge factor along with that crowd. This is the Bills' best and perhaps their last best shot 
We don't know what's going to happen next year. We're not going to get that far down the road. But uh, with all the classic moments and <clears throat> finishes that these two teams have had over the last three or four years, this is the Bills. They, they better treat it this way. This is their best, and perhaps their last best shot to get at this Kansas City Chiefs team. So I'm going with Buffalo here at home, and they're favored by two and a half. Okay, so it's a pick them there, yeah. So, mm. yeah, should be some, you know, all four games should be pretty entertaining, you know, in, in, overall. So, uh, and probably big ratings too, I'm, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, that's your schedule for uh, this divisional round this weekend. U.S. Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, Lakeena McGee, Cindy Brown, and our girl, uh, KXRB's Christine Matica, joined us as usual uh, this time of year. Now, Christine, I want to ask you before we talk about the White Sox. I know, I know, Sim wants to talk to you about the the, the potential new stadium in the in the loop, but <laughs> I want to ask you about the Bears OC search. I mean, all the names that be thrown around. So, uh, do you have a favorite, or who's who is your favorite, and uh, and and why? And if not, who who do you think? <laughs> I definitely don't want them to get that uh, that Cliff guy. Yeah, holy cow, we don't want that. Oh, Cliff right Kingsbury? After, yeah, we don't want Cliff Kingsbury. Right after Arizona gave him the boot, that guy fell off the face of the earth and went straight to Thailand for who knows how long he went to Thailand for. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It, it's... Uh, they're going to do the same thing that they always do. They're going to bears it up. They're going to pick the wrong pick. And we're just going to sit back and watch it all happen. And and just watch the, the demise unfold. But that that definitely is the, the one coach I would not want as the, as the OC at the moment. Any other coordinator uh, potential, I'm just going to sit back and, and watch to see what happens, but definitely Cliff Kingsbury would be at the top of my list. Not to, not to put in there. <laughs> Two words from Christine dumpster fire. <laughs> I mean, look with all these head coaches, they should have really, I never want to see anybody lose their job, but they should really, they should have really parted their ways with, with Eber Flus. And like I, like I said last week, they, the bears have a, have a strong history of retaining coaches with a losing record and getting rid of coaches with a winning record. So we'll see what happens after, after next season, but yeah, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, like I said, like I said, well, I'm, I'm sure. Like I said, we probably won't be hearing name of. We'll probably hear other names as well. But I just find it weird that, like, like I said, before he came on, Chrissy, it is weird that they're going over there to Los Angeles to talk to him mm -hmm. instead of you know. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not, I might be reading it's too very much into weird. It. Yeah, it's, I, don't, I might be reading too much into it, but like I said, I don't know. But uh, mm, well, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe he just doesn't want to get used to the Chicago cold yet in case he uh, doesn't end up here. That's fair. I, I can see that too. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, that's nicely put there, uh, Christy. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, well, the White Sox, uh, of course, we talked about uh, it earlier, the 78, of course. Perhaps maybe a new state, maybe a new state will be built in the Loop area, right there, Roosevelt Road. What do you think? You know, do you like the idea? Do you think it's going to happen? At least they're in the city still, and not talking about going to Nashville, going here, going there. At least it's a location in in the city. Is it really the South Side? Is it if it's in the Loop area? I'm not sure, but it's a nice location. It's a it's a good idea to 
to kind of develop that area a little bit more. And if there's room for it, sure. It's in Chicago still. I don't see why not. And we talked about this earlier, Christine, uh, with the uh, transportation. Now, how many parking lots are you going to build? Because, you know, Sox fans love to tell, right. games, especially in lot B, mm-hmm. how many parking lots can you build there? If you can build it there, because there's still plenty of land. I, I think it's slightly lesser than what where they are right now at 35th and Shields and next to the Dan Ryan. But, you know, driving downtown on a normal day, especially during the summer, is a, a mess anyway. But public transit transportation-wise, you got the true the two metro train lines, Rock Island and the Union Station line. That's perfect. You'll see the stadium from there. And you got the three CTA buses and train lines there. So public transportation-wise, they're set. Number two, Chicago's not suffering um, from tourism. You get that during the spring and summer anyway. But should that stadium be there at that location, you can put a bunch of bars and restaurants there. You can have tourists come in to check out that new stadium, especially at night where the city is beautiful. In my opinion, it's the best beautiful looking city in America, especially at night. You'll have a lot of tourists come in there. Yeah, they can go to Wrigley. Good for them. But the White Sox are in the South Loop, still near downtown. You're getting that downtown money. And you can get them more of them to go over there as well. And well, don't forget and- about the hotels as well. When to your point, Sid, with Wrigleyville, maybe they want to kind of create a White Sox version of Wrigleyville, have the bars and the restaurants all around and walking around and stuff like that. I can totally see that being a being a possibility. Parking, though, that that's a that's a different situation for sure, because I know for mm-hmm. for Wrigleyville, what their parking lots are about a block away from, yeah. from the stadium and Wrigleyville yeah. itself. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's also something to consider. But I think the whole concept and the idea of it. It's actually kind of intriguing to have kind of like a not a Wrigleyville, but like a Soxville or like a Soxtown area. It'll be, it'll be interesting because I think that whole area, I think, like I said, it is there. I think the city owns it. But the only thing, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see like who's going to have to fit the bill. Will, mm-hmm. it be, will it have to be? Will it be the wine stores? Will it be the city? You know, the taxpayers? Will it be kind of like your various contracts? So yeah, that's another thing that's going to be kind of like throw a wrinkle in this. Also, I want to bring up this question. We didn't talk about this at the top, Lakina. Would you want this new potential stadium to have a retractable roof? I say yes, ah. but you know that's going to cost a whole lot more money. And yep. I don't, it, that should it go up, I don't think we're going to have a retractable roof, unfortunately. It's not Chicago sports if you do like an indoor stadium or a retractable roof. No, I, I think you keep that part out of it and tough it out. So you're <laughs> traditionalist when it comes to that. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I understand that, but like I said, if you want to like host like a Final Four or uh, potentially maybe a national championship game or something like that, or a Big Ten championship, or you know, both football and men's and women's basketball, I think you want to try to have so you know, keep that in mind to have a, a rooftop or at least like a retractable roof, or maybe not a dome necessarily like they do in Toronto. Like, but like if they do in Toronto, they have the retractable roof. So I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's going to be really going to be like the number one question here because I I, I kind of feel like, yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying, Christine. Either you got your, you got a lot of traditionalists that are like, oh, no, no, that, that's silly. But uh, look, if you want to play those games like in March or April where it's still was snowing sometimes and it's cold, I think yeah. you, may wanna, you may want to have that roof there. You know, that way you don't have to make up any games, but that's just, that's just me. <laughs> 
I think that issue was brought up because I know many people think that the Bears and the White Sox could share that facility. I don't see that happening because the Bears had their own issues with this city. But uh-huh. once the Bears, should they get their new stadium in Arlington Heights or wherever, they're gonna have the, they're gonna it's gonna be built with with that roof because, like Lakina said, you want the Final Four to be there, you want the the uh, the Super Bowl to be there one day. And let's not forget, Lakina. I know you're the queen of college sports on this program. Don't forget the Big Ten uh, championship for college football. You want that thing to get out of Indianapolis? Mm-hmm. You bring that here to Chicago. Yes, yeah. You'll make <laughs> yep, more money exactly. here than you do in Indianapolis right now, and yes, that's a you fact. Do. That's that's a fact. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's why I think I think that's why they're thinking with all this stuff. I mean, not just you know, the the White Sox, but also to the lower sport events, like you mentioned. Get it out of the get out of the Indianapolis area. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to be decided. So uh, we'll see if this comes to fruition. I'm 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 kind of still like a little bit skeptical about it, but we'll see what happens. All right. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Sid, Lakina, and Christine hanging out here with you for the next few minutes. We still have a few minutes left, guys. I want to get into this subject. Of course, Jeff Agress, the deputy sports editor at the Chicago Sun-Times, released his list of the top 20 Chicago media personalities uh, the <laughs> other day. You can check it out uh, via his uh, Twitter account in chicagosuntimes.com. We had a chance to check out the list, and many of the people that we had on the show are on that list. Of course, we'll get it out of the way. The number one guy on the list is Pat Hughes. He's the radio voice for the Chicago Cubs class at, yeah. you know, of course, he was in, he inducted to the Baseball Hall of Fame last summer, so congratulations to him on that. Number two is Adam Amin. He's the uh, voice for the NFL on Fox, of course, the mm-hmm. TV voice for the Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. And, of course, other names on this list, John Shami, the TV voice of the Cubs, and the Sunday night radio voice for ESPN Radio for their MLB coverage. Dan Bernstein checks in at number four. Friend of the show, Layla Rahimi from NBC5 and 670 The Score checks in at number five. Of course, number six, Lawrence Holmes. David Kaplan from ESPN Chicago at number seven. Ozzy Gann, Christine's guy, at number eight. <laughs> Danny Parkins, uh, who made some questionable comments recently. We'll probably get into that in a second. He checks in at number nine from 670 The Score in front of this show. And number 10, Mark Silverman from ESPN 1000. Mm. Sylvie, yeah. yeah, Sylvie, yeah, I would say, and plus, like I said, the Bears, you know, have that they're the new, you know, you know, ESPN Chicago is now a new home for the of the Bears, so yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, of course, you know, his profile, talking about Sylvie's profile, would uh go uh rise up a little bit. Uh, no, I really can't argue with that list. I mean, like, Hughes, like I said, Pat Hughes deserves to be on that, that the top of that list. I don't mm-hmm. mean, we know he's a rising star there. I met him at uh at the old uh, I am a Chicago at the old uh. State Street Campus years ago, uh, Boosh Yami, great guy. Dan Bernstein, you know, solid. Uh, Leigh Rahimi, you know, Lawrence Holmes. I mean, you know, Kaplan. I mean, some of the things he said, I want to slap him for, but I think again, not another bad guy. <laughs> Danny Parkins, I know, I know, I know what you're talking about, Sid, but we'll get to, we'll get to that in a second. Of course, mm-hmm. some of our people, our piece, you know, outside the top 10, of course, you'll get Deion Miller right there at number 11. Jason so ABC Golf, Chicago. Like, yeah, he's having Chicago. Uh, uh, NBC Sports Chicago's uh, Jason Golf, who we had on the show, terrific. Stacey King, you know, T. Watt, you know, Tom Waddle, Steve Stone, Stoney, uh, Darren mm-hmm. Pay, uh, Zach Zayman, Jeff Joni, of course, longtime radio voice for the Bears. Rudy Poliski, we'll hope, we'll hope to have her on at some point from uh, NBC Sports Chicago and NBC Chicago. And our buddy uh, Marshall Harris, who his, he has seen his uh, profile rise up, uh, of course, with uh, various <laughs> appearances on the score. So, uh, yeah, a pretty good uh, list. Yeah, we had a small part, not a big part, a small part we do with Marshall Harris. Small. 
Yeah, we should, we should come talk every time we, we let him come on this show, but congratulations to him. Yeah, right. So, of course, uh, uh, John Scott, of course, who does uh, the studio stuff for the blog cause I've heard of. He is hilarious and uh, just a, a great storyteller. So, yeah, I can imagine him being on there. Uh, you know, what Jeff has is constant noise. It's cold, right? He does tend to say uh, uh, a lot. That that's <laughs> I'm not nothing against him, but yeah, he does say that a lot. That's kind of one of his uh, his uh, you know, little uh, mini is uh, Igris, you know, there. Joe Brand, who if you guys don't know who he is, he does you know pre and post uh for uh you know for the Black House on WGN. He does a great mm-hmm. job uh there. Of course, he uh sometimes uh pitches in for John Whiteman sometimes during the Hawks broadcast. Uh, and of course, what he says already is Lance Briggs. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, I hope I hope Jeff hides from Lance. I don't think Lance is gonna be too uh, thrilled with that. Um, of course, Andy <laughs> Heron, who Andy Heron has a great you know has a great voice. Well, hopefully we'll have him on the show at some point. He does a great job doing uh, both college and pro football. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, does you know stuff on the score too. So yeah, it's a uh, not a bad list, I, I say. Yep, Christine. <laughs> Oh yeah, that that list is great, Lawrence. I've I've had the privilege of of meeting him and uh, hanging out with him a couple of times. Great guy, Tom Waddle, my guy. Still be another one uh, right there, and uh, yeah, just just a great list, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, you guys check that list out, of course, on uh, Mr. Agris's uh, website is on his uh, Twitter page. If you guys missed the list, so yeah, they have the whole list of it. So yeah, pretty cool. Uh, uh, our, our buddy Mark Carmen isn't very happy <laughs> that he wasn't on there, uh, but he was. He did. Yeah, he wasn't very happy of not being on the list. So uh, yeah, relax, Carm. I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll get there next year. It, it's okay. You don't have to. You know, we still love you. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, of course, CSU, CSU Barris for those you don't know who he is. Yeah, hopefully we'll have him on the show at some point. <laughs> outside of uh that but uh, yeah anything else guys before we go to the source guys still got a little bit of time left oh yeah uh, yeah i know we up against a couple minutes left of course uh, last friday chris i want to get your opinion on this uh, the bulls had their ring of honor ceremony uh against the golden state warriors at the united center uh, a lot of legends were honored including their whole 95 96 bulls team that won senate 72 and 10 michael jordan scotty pippen and dennis Rodman did not appear at the event but but jordan and Rodman both did send video messages. And, of course, when the late Jerry Krause name came out, who who died in 2017, of course, he was inducted to the Basketball Hall of Fame. He was a general manager for those six championships in the 90s. Of course, we all saw what was portrayed of him in the Last Dance documentary, of course, a.k.a. the Michael Jordan story. Of course, uh, there was a few fans that booed and once his name got called. Christine, I know you saw the reactions. You read a whole lot of people's opinions. What were your thoughts on this? I think Chicago is way better than that. No matter your your opinion of someone, regardless, it, it happened years ago, and and the guys passed on. You you don't do that to his to his wife. That's just it's inappropriate. It's not fair, and you know, move on. He he brought six championships, a whole dynasty, and whatever was p- portrayed in the last dance and whatever story was told, it all happened. You know, they wouldn't put a documentary together like that and have people speak about it if none of it didn't happen. So regardless of your opinion of who Jerry Krause is or who anybody is, really, be respectful. If you don't like if you don't like a person, just don't say anything. You could have just stood there and just did a light clap. You you didn't have to do all that. So it's a shame what happened. And uh, 
hopefully that doesn't ruin events uh, like that going forward. Could have said it better myself, Christy. You say that very uh, eloquently as usual. So yeah, that was just just uncalled for. And uh, yeah, I, I I said my piece about it on Monday. So uh, yeah, I don't need to need to add anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any last words, Christy, before we part for the weekend? What did uh Parkins say? You didn't say that. Oh yeah, yeah. Park, yeah Parkins tweeted out. Is, is um, I'll just paraphrasing here, saying that. Uh, the fans have the right to boo. Bullying is part of sports or regarding the crowd situation. Uh, oh. we, we kinda, we kinda, yeah, we kind of, uh, me and Lakina kind of said what we said, of course, yeah. not to rub it in, Christine, but, you know, we lived through it. And, of course, Jerry Krause was a nice guy uh, uh, away from it all. But he, he operated in a secretive fashion. But he picked all the players for that ch for those championship teams except for Jordan. But still, it doesn't discredit for what he, well, for what what he did during that time. But um, um, Parkins just said that, you know, bullying is a part of sports and uh, whether you agree with it or not, he, it basically, it kind of came out that he was defending those people that were bullying. Yes. Do those fans have a uh, quote unquote technical right to boo? Yes. But if you really feel that, like, kind of what we all say, if you really feel that way, don't, don't say anything on That's just my opinion. Do those fans have what? the right to boo? Yes. But uh, not to defend those people who were booing, but I think they were booing him more than they were booing, booing uh, the widow. If you were booing the widow, you were really out of line, in my opinion. Well, it's just uh, there is a difference between booing and booing during a sporting event. What mm -hmm. was going on there had nothing to do with what the actual game was. That was to honor Bulls legends. You know, you had Bob Love. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I had the privilege of meeting Bob Love when I was just – I think it, I was in kindergarten or first grade when he came to our school. I forget the reason why he came to Monte Cristi uh, in North Riverside. And he he was just the nicest guy. I remember looking at him going, oh, my God, he's so tall. And he looked he looked fantastic. Oh, my God. I looked at pictures of him and I'm like, oh, my God, you look great. And, you know, I, I'll never forget that. That was probably my first connection to to Chicago sports and to the Bulls. That was one of them anyway. And when it comes to, you know, that dynasty, I was at least in diapers during the 95 and 96 one at least. But, um, but I, I know, you know, people are, people in Chicago are very passionate about their sports, but in that moment, put, put that anger or passion, whatever you have to the side and, and pay your respects. That's well, fair, fair enough. Absolutely, that's fair enough. And on that note, you follow my Keenan McKee on the Twitter, X at Keenan McKee and the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter, X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Christine Redkin and lovely people following you on social media. They could follow me at CManica underscore KXRB. And you still have the bird? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you lucky, lucky, you lucky, lucky son of a gun, Miss Christie. I'm going to get called one day. I know I am. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> They'll get you. They'll get, well, look, they haven't, they haven't caught you yet, so uh, <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. And of course, you can second see sports every Monday, every Friday for new DTB Central Standard Time right here on Sports of Chicago. One more, one more time. Can second see sports every Monday and Friday and from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports of Chicago's Facebook and YouTube channels. Don't forget to download that Sports of Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Please follow Sports of Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. 
Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And give War Media a follow at W-A-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And don't forget to catch Sports on Chicago live and on demand 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year on Roku TV. And we will provide you with the with all the content you want right there at your fingertips, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's right. All right. For Christine and Sid, I'm the Kansas with Sports Esports on Sports on Chicago. Enjoy all the sports that's going on. And, of course, if it's get a little bit colder and snowy in some parts of the country, be safe out there. And just be good to each other. You're listening to this is Second City Sports on Sports Chicago, and we'll see you next week. Go Bills! Holla! <laughs>